Welcome to the Awake Church Podcast. At Awake, our mission is simple. Know God, take action. We pray this podcast will help you on that journey. Morning. It's great to be able to say welcome. And uh, so amazing to be here. It has been talked about already. Feels good. How's it feel to you guys? Uh, feels good to be here. <clears throat> Certainly a long time coming and uh, a lot of effort and energy and prayer and all those things. So, you know, my plan today, uh, we wanted to worship God first and be together. That's the, those are the main things. And, but I also want to kind of tell you the story rather than preach today or teach. I want to kind of tell you the story. Tony shared a little bit of it, of how we came to be here uh, and what God has done all along the way to get us here. And so I want to do that. And then we want to really want to dedicate this place to the Lord. So can we end with a dedicating this to the Lord? So that's my plan. So I just want to share a few things on all that. And, um, you know, there'll be a lot of things, glitches along the way and things that we'll figure out as we go. But um, just really grateful to be here today. All right. You know, it's really interesting to me, so many things when you read the Bible, rather than just reading it, thinking about what is really going on. And uh, when I do that, the Bible comes alive. And one of the things that has struck me as I was reading the scriptures about even the city of Jerusalem, uh, when I look at the history of Jerusalem, you find that it was not built by followers of God. They were Canaanites. They were the enemy, in a sense, of the Jewish people, and the Jebusites had built this beautiful city. And then David went after it, conquered it, and dedicated it to the Lord. So you had an unholy place, whole city, that turns into the city of David, changes names, and then it turns into the place that God chooses. And it's the most important city on the planet still today, right was made by the Canaanites and the Jebusites, redeemed, taken over, and used for the Lord. In fact, when Jesus was here on the earth, he was preaching all over the place. He spent a lot of time, especially his last week, in Jerusalem, was crucified there, raised from the dead in that area. And guess where he's coming back to? He's coming back to Mount of Olives, Jerusalem. He's, he will be returning to the same place. In fact, it says in the scriptures to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. There had been war after war after war fought over that city. And you realize the importance sometimes of physical locations, physical places. It's, it's not just a, a thing. There are some things that God has touched and appointed to have special significance in the lives of his people. And I feel, as I was reading that story and thinking about it, I, I couldn't help but think about this place. It was built in 1990, so it's 33 years old. And um, I don't think, I don't know the owner. We've had some dealings with him, but I don't think he was the original owner. Uh, I don't know the history. I don't know if they were believers or anything, but I don't think this, this was built for the glory of God. But that's Okay. Because God is the Redeemer, right? And just as David renamed the city of the Jebusites and it turned into the city of David, 
You know, we've renamed this place the mill. I'll explain a little bit of that here in a moment. Um, but God has helped us to not only rename, but to redeem this land. If you drove through, if you live around this area, and you've been through this parking lot about two years ago, you needed a four-wheel drive to make it from that entrance to the other one, uh, nearly. It was, it was in bad shape. It was not taking care of uh, the roof leaked. All the AC units are 33 years old, uh, just in a bad, bad shape. But look what, look what the Lord has done and what you have done here. It's been redeemed, and it will continue to be. It's been renamed and re-inhabited, right? Thank you, Lord, for that. I'm so grateful for that. And then in addition to Jerusalem, of course, David had it in his heart when he was the king there to not only have a place, a city to live in, but he wanted a place where God would dwell there. He wanted to build a home for God. And he tried, and God said, no, you can't do it. You're a man of bloodshed. Your son will do it, though, Solomon. So Solomon did that. And of course, Solomon's temple, probably the most expensive building ever built in history, with all of the gold and incredible, over-the-top beauty, um, not comparing this one to that one. I like this place, but it wouldn't be like Solomon's temple. But you see that when Solomon had that built and all the resources and the manpower, I mean, there were thousands of people working on it every day, thousands for months. And when they were done, he dedicated it. And he said, bless be God who is full of loving kindness, and he's good. And then he prayed, and then he said that again, and the presence of the Lord came and filled that temple, and there it was for, for years and years, the glory of the Lord in that place. And my desire today is that we want to dedicate it, like Solomon did the temple, this place, this physical place, that the Lord would receive glory here for, until he returns that this place is now in the kingdom, right, for the Lord's purposes. So, okay, I'm going to give a few details. There's a lot to share. I'm not going to give you all the details. There is way too much. Um, but so I'll skip around a little bit here. But for some of you, some of you heard some of the story in the beginning. Tony shared just a little bit. Some of you, this is brand new. You don't know who I am and what is going on here. So I'll, I'll give you a little bit of background Back in the 90s, I lived in Charlotte, North Carolina, and then we moved south of Charlotte to Waxhaw on the country. And in 95, um, I heard for the first time about the people called the Moravians. I'd never heard of them before. I've been a believer my whole life, never heard of the Moravians. Um, but I was in a Bible school, and the teacher was sharing the history of the Moravian people. And it's incredible. These refugees persecuted people in what is now the Czech Republic in the area called Moravia, Czech Republic. We've been there. They were so persecuted uh, that they fled into Germany, across the border, found safe harbor on a man's land named Count Zinzendorf. Uh, royal guy, full of the Lord, full of the Spirit, loved God and loved people, and he gave them safety. So these Moravians came and they were safe as refugees, persecuted refugees. And they, more came, and more came. He ended up having 300 people on his property, taking care of them. And they loved Jesus, and they formed this 
incredible community, but they had just like any community of people. There was arguments and infighting and things like that. And all of a sudden they went to pray and had this service of prayer where they chose to, well, right before they chose to really forgive one another, the Holy Spirit moved into their room. This was in 1727 and messed everybody up in an amazing way where their hearts were changed and they began to forgive one another and bless one another and love each other and they didn't want to leave. And they hung out together all day long. And not only did love erupt in their heart for each other in ways that never had before, love for other people did. And they became something that had never happened really since Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel 2,000 years or 1,727 years earlier. It's that in their hearts was other people need to know about this love of Jesus. Other people need to know about him in the world. This is mid-1700s. And they became the first mission-sending group of people on the planet where they are just sending out of a congregation of 300 people. They never lacked someone to send around the world. And they started fanning out across the world, sometimes selling themselves as indentured servants to reach the lost in the Caribbean, to reach the slaves in the Caribbean. And so they just started going over as missionaries. Some came to Pennsylvania, came to the States, arrived first in Georgia, and then in, somewhere in Pennsylvania. And they had it in their hearts to reach the native peoples of North Carolina. So a group of 12, after they purchased some property down here called the Wachovia Tract, which is 100,000 acres they purchased. It's now Forsyth County. They purchased that land and sent 12 guys, 12 single men down here, all with a different trade and skill to survive. And they came to a place that they named Bethabara. Well, Bethabara, as you may or may not know, is right across the street. So Renolda Road is right here. On the other side of Renolda Road is Bethabara. In fact, the trail, there's a trail right here, goes from basically our property under Renolda Road and connects with Bethabara. And they established a community there. And when I heard this story about these people, something in my heart just erupted. And I felt like the Lord started speaking to me about being a part of a church plant where they did that, which I had never been up here in Winston-Salem area. And so I didn't tell anybody, and I kept it hidden for a couple of years, five years actually. And then in 2000, the year 2000, it just, uh, through several things that you may not even believe the story, but they were prophetic things that God began speaking to me about planning a church up here. I couldn't ignore it any longer. I'd never been up here. And I thought, I'm going to take an exploratory trip. So I got in my van, or minivan at the time, and uh, drove up here. On the way, I saw a street sign. This was the year 2000. I saw a street sign that just said 2000. Just that was all, all there was. And when I saw it, the, God, the Lord got my attention again. It was like, pay attention. There's something about 2000 I want you to pay attention to. Well, it was the year 2000, and I thought, okay. I drive up here. I don't know where I'm going. I just wanted to check the city out. Didn't know where I was. There was no GPS anything then. And um, I see this sign that a realtor has posted in front of a commercial building, and I thought, you know what? I wonder what the going rates are for little buildings that maybe we could rent one day. So I called the number, didn't know who the guy was. And um, he said, where are you? And I told him, he said, I was on Silas Creek. And he said, 
uh, I'm, I'm one minute from there. Just stay there. And I thought, oh, no, I don't want to really, like, meet with you. But he shows up, shows me this building I'm standing in front of that I wasn't interested in. But he said, what, what are you looking for? I said, well, I'm thinking of one day planting a church up here. And here's what he said to me. This is his words. He said, God thinks I'm a better Christian than I am. And I don't know what that meant. <laughs> he said, I've got your building. Follow me. Got in his car. I followed him. We drove up Silas Creek. I didn't know where I was. So I'm just following this guy's car. And pulls up to Brownsboro Road in this little building. And uh, takes me inside. And on the front door, it said, Equipping the Saints for Ministry, which was the motto of the ministry I was a part of at the time. So that got my attention. We walk inside, there are like 50 chairs, men's and women's bathroom, just a cute little place. And I said, how big is this place? And he said, exactly 2,000 square feet. I went, okay. I'm paying attention, Lord. So long story short, -er, we rented it. Started Friday night meetings there uh, for a year and a half. Came up, I would come up, still living in Waxhaw, drive up every week and start doing meetings called training in the school of the spirit. So we would train people in the gifts of the spirit, pray for each other. That's where Tony and Kim came and many of you, or some of you anyway, came to those meetings. We had a great time. And then uh, in 2002, decided to turn into an official church, started on Sundays on April 7th, 2002. We started having meetings there in this little place. And on our first Sunday, the Lord dropped in my heart um, part of our purpose in this church and why he'd led us there. And that was to, as the Lord used a metaphor, of a well. Well, this is before hydrating humanity ever came to my mind, so interesting how these things work. But um, he said that the Moravians really had dug ancient wells of worship. They were worshipers, hundreds of hymns, worship the Lord a lot. They were prayers. They had, imagine this, prayer 24 hours a day for 100 years they sustained that. 100 years of 24-hour day prayer. And outreach, they went everywhere, shared the gospel. In fact, where I work in Tanzania, which is the first country we ended up working in, in Africa, there are 400,000 Moravians there in Tanzania. because that's where they went. One of the places, start evangelizing. Anyway, so the, our first Sunday I shared, I felt like the Lord was saying that the Moravians dug these deep spiritual wells, but they got capped. And part of our purpose is to uncap the wells that were already dug and let that water flow of worship, of prayer, and of outreach. So I shared that on that first Sunday. Uh, later that week, someone who helped me plant the church said, called me and he said, Matt, his name's Chad. He said, do you realize that at Bethabara there are old wells there? And I'd never thought about it, really, because I was just going by what I was hearing. So I went over there, and of course, you can go there right now, just about two minutes from here, and there are these old wells, original, some original wells, and they have these metal caps on them. I looked in the paper, same week, and in the Winston-Salem Journal is a picture of an archaeologist who had just discovered an old Moravian well that they didn't know existed, and he had just uncapped it. That's the wording in the paper. I thought, okay, God, this really is what you're wanting to do. I don't understand how this works, but here we are. So we met in that building for four years, and then 
um, moved, we grew, and I moved up here finally in 2005. It's not the best way to plant a church. For four years, I commuted back and forth from Waxhaw. Uh, we moved up here in 2005 as a family, and then we moved the same time that I moved up here. We moved into a new facility. It was, uh, we rented from a school called Forsyth Academy. It's on Chatelon. So it was a charter school. We met in their gymnasium, did set up teardown. I see many of you here uh, who were helping with that. We ruined lots of equipment and damaged lots of chairs and all those things. Set up and tear down for eight years. We were in that school gymnasium and ready for our own place. We started looking around for a building to have that we could be in all the time whenever we wanted to because we could just be there Friday nights and Sundays. And we actually looked at this building. On the other end, we weren't ready to buy this at all, and it wasn't for sale. But on the far end where Sage Strength is and Infusion Worship Church right now, was 12,000 square feet that we tried to rent for our church space. And the owner of this building wouldn't rent to us. So we just bought it out. Anyway, so then, <laughs> later. Anyway, so we weren't rent it to us here, so we ended up doing the place at North Point and built that, well, through a lot of Scott Couch and many volunteers, you guys, we moved into that place. We, I mean, we we upfitted a 21,000-square-foot place for $220,000 with tons of volunteer. I did almost all the electrical, uh, and it was pretty amazing. We got in there. We were there for nine years. Of course, all of you here, or most of you, were with us at that place. And then um, in 2019, I've been looking for a lot. Uh, I've been looking a lot around for a place that we could actually buy and own. We bought property in 2006, thinking we were going to build on that land. It's in the southeast side of Winston, 35 acres. But over time, felt like that wasn't the place we were supposed to be. So started looking other places and realizing, too, that if you build on your own land, it's going to be very costly, especially right now. Uh, it would probably be double uh, what it takes to use an existing building and to upfit it if you're going to build from scratch with all the underground work and all that stuff. So Started looking for existing buildings. Actually, we put offers on two or three here around town. Those didn't work out. Had my eye on this place as well as Jay Lancaster did too. We've talked about it over some years. And then in 2019, this really was for sale. It had been for sale for a while. They're asking $4 million for this building, the entire 10 acres and the whole place. That yeah, was out of our price range. And um, then we just prayed about it a lot and decided to... How about we just make him an offer? Our realtor thought he knew the owner who lives in Charlotte and uh, thought, you know what? He may take this deal. If we offer him a certain amount and then give him the rest as a tax deduction, a tax receipt as a gift to us, then he might like that. might be good for his business because we do that as a nonprofit. So we made him an offer for $1.3 million. He's asking for and we'll give them the difference between the appraised value and what we're paying as a gift receipt that he could use. And he said yes. It was like, wow, okay. So we were excited, shared it with our staff. Man, we're hooping and hollering. We got our own place. And then he wouldn't send the, he wouldn't send the contract over to sign or would not sign it. And then he wouldn't answer our phone calls. He quit talking to us. Ignore us completely. So I don't think I, I don't know if I told the church yet about that. And it was kind of disappointing. He just went silent. 
completely ignored us and sold it to someone else. Yeah, that wasn't very nice, was it? So he sold it to someone else from Raleigh. And so I just thought, you know what? We've been looking, looking, Lord, and you know, we just give this to you. And I had this sense, you know, this might come back around. We're just going to trust you, Lord. So I didn't look anywhere else, waited. Six months later, we get a phone call. And uh, this is in the fall of 2020. And they said, hey, uh, that deal fell through that we had with someone else. And um, before we put it back on the market, we want to give you guys another chance. So they probably felt bad of how what happened before. And so we put the exact same offer in, didn't change a dollar. And he accepted again, then took four months to sign this contract still. But anyway, so we got dragged out. Finally, we, we had a deal. And then we had a lot of issues with the bank. You know, here's something I've learned in life. Anything of huge value, relationship, marriage, your kids, friendships, your purpose, your destiny, a home, a building, a land that God has destined for you, there's, you have to contend for it. I mean, if you just, you just have a tough time in your marriage and you just go, eh, those other fish out there, you lose it. You lose something precious. Some things you have to fight for. Freedom, right? There are a lot of things uh, in this country and in personal life that is worth a fight. It's worth to contend for. Your, you know, salvation is free, but being a believer, there's contention in this. The easiest path for every person, because the enemy is behind that one, is just to sin and just do whatever you please. You don't have a life of not much contention in that one. You're just, I mean, it's lousy, and there's lots of sorrow in it, but there's, there's not a fight for because the enemy wants you to do the wrong thing. But boy, for the things that are valuable, that are priceless, that are precious, that God has touched, there's usually going to be a fight to get that thing and hang on to it. And boy, we've felt that all along the way with this place. All along the way. There's, it, it feels like it has been, has it been a difficult journey? The, uh, the financial institutions, it was, we, we've done, dealt with two of them. It was horrible. I'm just going to tell you. <laughs> they kept putting us off and requiring. And then the last, the day of closing, they changed everything they'd asked for and asked for a lot more money. Day of closing, a lot more money and other, other things. It was, it was ridiculous. It was really ridiculous. And um, caused me a bit of stress. Anyway, the Lord worked that out. And in June of 2021, two years ago, we purchased this property, 73,000 square feet, 10 acres, and it was ours. So I want to share a few pictures along the way here. And we had a plan in the beginning, if you can put that first one up, Hannah. Um, our plan in the beginning, this is what it looked like. And they had just, the city had just put a new sewer line along the building, thankfully, before we moved in. So they, the parking looks pretty new on the, on the left side, it is. Um, but the building was overgrown, not taken care of, roof shot, AC unit shot. And our plan was two-phase to firstly fix up the outside, which is not normally what you do, but fix up the outside, get it presentable so that we could draw more tenants. 
Uh, we only had five tenants when we bought this place. Out of 22 spaces, only five were here. And I'm surprised they were here, to be honest. So I thought, how about we, let's, let's make it nicer so we can get more tenants that can create income for us. And uh, plus, we want to make it beautiful anyway. So that would be first phase. Second phase would be to upfit this space. So that was our plan. You guys um, got involved. This was the sign here out front when we found it. There's shrubs. Some of them were five feet high. Scott and crew and a lot of volunteers, we took down ugly awnings, ripped out all the shrubbery. Um, there's a picture of some of the work days. We had several work days out there. Of course, this was the summer too. Hot. You guys, man, you just, you guys are amazing. Um, helping, working, sweating together, fixing it up. And of course, there was prayer from the very beginning. That picture on the left was one of our first times of prayer on the property, giving it to the Lord and asking him for help. And he has definitely helped us. Changed all the lights, um, planted hundreds of bushes after we ripped out the ugly ones, tooled around in the skid steer, Replaced AC units. The first year, we replaced, Beth, 19, I think. 19 of the 30-some units on this, uh, on this place we replaced. This was the inside of where you are right now uh, when we bought it. That It was a former Harris Teeter. It had been empty for, I don't know how long. You guys might know, but seven, eight years, something like that. And um, is, you know, kind of moldy, <laughs> musty and just nasty, I had to peel the floor up, clear everything out. And so all those things started to take place. And then uh, once it was clean and clear, there was an empty shell, then we could uh, start carving in the ground. This is the hole for the plumbing drain lines that start from one end and go about 600 feet <laughs> to find its home all the way around. Uh, it's deep there by the time you get to the back. And then we were doing it simultaneously, working on the outside. Other, more volunteer days in the fall. You might recognize some of these guys there hanging from trees and cleaning up, beautifying the outside. On this 10 acres, it's kind of hidden, but the back is beautiful. Of course, we've been having service out there recently, so you know. And then we can do a lot out there. We have a lot of plan, a lot planned yet for that. Uh, and of course, in, in the fall of 2021, we moved out. This is where we were. And we moved out of there. Um, is that right? 22, thank you, sorry, not 21. Fall of 22, we moved out of there, and we're hoping to be in here before the end of the year. Of course, that didn't work out. We've had some delays there, but that's the way it goes. Um, you know, when we had our, one of our very first services in that tiny little Brownsboro building of 2,000 square feet, um, a friend of mine came and spoke, and he's a, really a spiritual leader of Europe, I would say his name is Gary Keller. He's a Swiss man, a dear friend, and he just passed away in his early 90s here about a week and a half ago. But he came to the service and he spoke, and he gave me this word, and he said, Matt, uh, we had, I don't know, 40 people there or 30. He said, Matt, um, here's a word for you in this church. He said, though your beginning has been insignificant, yet your end will increase greatly. That's out of Job 8.7. And with other prophetic words, I knew that God had a plan for you and for the city and for what God wants to do through this place. 
So let me give you a few details about this place, this building. And um, of course, that's our new roof. We needed that. It was leaking like a sieve. And of course, where we are now. So let me tell you just a little bit about the mill. I told you how we, well, that's the name on the sign there, the mill on Rinalda. Uh, after we purchased the property, I was standing outside one day with Jay Lancaster, one of our board members, and Jay said, Matt, you realize that uh, the old millstone is a few hundred yards from here, which I didn't know there was an old millstone, and you can walk over and see it, actually. It's not far from here. Has anybody in here seen the millstone over there? No one's. It'd be a good little walk. So there's um, right across the street on the other side of the lake, swamp, whatever you call that thing, is a millstone. The Moravians built a grain mill, and they used Mill Creek to turn the millstone and grind the grain. And in, during the French-Indian War, refugees streamed from all around the area, from Virginia and this whole region coming out for, for safety because of the war and, and wanting a safe place, they came to Bethabara. And the Moravians fed them and used that grain mill to feed all these people from the whole region. And that millstone is, is still there. And I thought, you know, with Mill Creek here, which our property goes halfway kind of down the middle of Mill Creek, and that millstone there, we thought that a good name for this place instead of Renolda Commons would be the mill on Renolda Road. So that's where that came from. Um, Tony mentioned our purchase price as well as the appraisal price when we first bought the building. I want to let you guys know it was appraised just over $4 million at purchase. We paid $1.3, and it just got reappraised after everything we've done uh, last week. And that number is now $9.1 million. So, uh, so yeah, that's, that's a good thing. So we've, we've got a, a $4.7 million loan, though, too. Uh, the rest of it we paid cash. All the outside work, we put over $700,000 of cash into the outside. And a lot of upfits and AC units and roofs and all that stuff, which you guys generously gave, which is amazing. Um, I just have been all along the way so thankful for your generosity all along the way and your hearts. Um, some of the features of this place, we, we designed it, spent a lot of time working on the design for this with the architect, wanted it to be very functional, beautiful, but not opulent uh, and very functional. And so I think we've achieved that. I feel really good about it. But I want you guys to know as you go throughout this place, and I want you to be able to walk around and see what is here, you know, there are signs uh, and there's a tree name for each room. So we kind of did that purposely. In fact, the big room is called the Linden, which is a tree from Moravia, Czech Republic. So it kind of links back to there, and there's a, there's a whole thing related to that. But um, each, each room has a tree name, and so you can see that throughout the place on a wood plaque. Uh, we have a prayer room, so we, we want to start this this prayer that goes on and on and on. And so we want to begin here as well. You'll see that prayer room. We have a kid's rock space. You probably, during our worship at our other place, you remember that you always heard the kids worship also at the same time because it was sharing a wall. So I made sure in the design that we love our kids, but we wanted to have a little space and little cushion for sound. And so they are on that corner of the building. Um, and they have their own worship place, classrooms, and we even built a little gym for them. So it was a, it's not a very big place, but there's a basketball hoop in there 
as a gym so they can, they can use that. Of course, the youth and the young adults will use it as well. Um, over the coming weeks, you'll see that other things will change. This thing is not all finished. There'll be some cosmetic things that will change. There's some doors that don't match, some faucets that don't match. You'll see those kind of things around. It's not going to stay that way. Um, and we'll, we'll get those fixed. It's just kind of a normal thing. You build a new house, there's a punch list, and so we, we've got some things here to fix as well. Um, when you came into the building, on the right, you may have noticed a big glass garage door. It's beautiful, but it's closed. And I had an idea when we were designing this that what if we had a business up there, created a new tenant space, and it was a coffee place, that we could roll up a garage door and our, everyone could use it on a Sunday morning and then pull the door down and they, then it could be a business the rest of the week for the community. And so that was the, it's kind of an experiment, um, but it's going to happen. And so wanted to let you guys know that Beth and Tim Johnson will be starting a business and they'll be right up in there for coffee and other things. So I think it's gonna be amazing. Uh, there's more about that later, but that's going to be pretty cool. So little things like that. And I want to say a huge thank you to all of you, everyone who's helped make this happen, everyone who's given, everyone who's prayed, everyone who's volunteered. I don't have enough time to name all the names, and it's been a two-year process. But thank you for everything you've done. Um, man, I just am so appreciative. I'm so thankful for our staff. Our staff has, has worked hard. Our board uh, we have a board here you don't see. They're behind the scenes, but I run things by them, and they've been behind. You know, we had when we sat down and talked about taking the risk of buying this place. Um, you know, it's a little, a little bit of a risk, a little dicey, because uh, our income just alone, just you know, it wouldn't have worked all the way. We needed to have tenants, and we needed to trust the Lord to have faith at the same time. But we felt like it was supposed to be a go, and so they've been with with me in this. Um, Foothills Building Group, they're a contractor who got us in here. We've got several of these guys here today. If you're a Foothills guy, can you raise your hand? I know, yeah. Bradley and Rob, appreciate you guys. Along with Scott Couch and, you know, getting equipment for us, the semi-trailers that we stored our stuff in and all the equipment to yank up all the stuff around here. Matt Jones helping out here these last, this last month uh, and his crew. Very grateful to all of you. Um, for making this happen. You know, when God forms and gives birth to a person, there's purpose attached to that child. There's always purpose attached to every single person. God has it in his mind, and he wants them to fulfill that. When God puts a marriage together, there's purpose on that marriage. That's why the enemy hates it. He didn't want that marriage to last. When God highlights, guides, births, leads to a property and helps everything come together to occupy it, there's purpose with it. God has a purpose for this place and a purpose for us and for you that we're not all the way there yet. This is a, a relaunch, a new beginning, and God has some great things ahead. I believe that part of that purpose is certainly to uncap those wells. I think the prayer, the worship, the sounds of heaven, the bringing the kingdom, the outreach to touch the world, you know, already starting today, although we probably won't send this one because it's what we're doing, but these broadcasts, these video cameras capture something, we turn it into Farsi, it, it goes to millions of people in the Middle East that cannot hear the gospel, that cannot hear about Jesus, that don't have an opportunity to get trained. 
and it comes satellite, and they have these black market satellite dishes to watch things. And that is, we are touching, I don't know how many, we'll know in heaven, at least hundreds of thousands of lives through this little place. And I believe that's just a picture of a few things that are going to happen from here as people go from here to touch the nations, touch our community, touch the prisons and jails, and the surrounding area. Business leaders, businesses carrying a torch from here to their business world and their communities, relationships and friendships forming that will last a lifetime. Those are going to happen here and continue to happen. We've had many already, and I think God's got some great surprises for us. I want this to also be a moment where we're saying, not only are we committing this place to the Lord, but our own lives to the Lord, to be used for His purposes, His plan, His will that He has while we're here, and to go wherever He wants us to go, to do what He wants us to do, to love the way that He wants us to love, to be light. You guys are torchbearers. You've got, I mean, the ultimate temple is not a building, it's you. It's what God moved into the inside of you. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit the Bible says. So you're the ultimate temple, but with God in you and all of us together, that's a lot of God in this room. And he wants to do some incredible things through all of us. And so let's, uh, let's just look to the Lord and give this place to him. Father, you have led us here. You have given us this place. Thank you for the journey. And thank you for getting us through all of the difficulties. I think back even to the, the flood permit, the floodplain permit that seemed impossible and the impossibilities all along the way. You have helped and you have enabled this to happen for us to be standing here in this room today, this room representing this building and this building representing the whole complex and these 10 acres. Lord, we thank you that you've entrusted this place and this property to us as stewards and we do say, along with Solomon, that you are good and your loving kindness lasts forever. That you are amazing, God. We recognize fully that only you could do this. We are not smart enough. We don't have enough effort to do what you have helped us do. And we say thank you so much, Lord. And we dedicate this day, June 4th, 2023, we dedicate this facility, this building, the ground all the way down, miles underneath, and all the way in the air up to the heavens. We not only claim that for you, Lord, but we as owners, with the authority you've given to us and the responsibility as owners, we claim this for you, and we dedicate this land and this building, this carpet and lights and ceiling and every part of it to you, Jesus. Even as the Moravians dedicated all of Wachovia Tract to you 250, 270 years ago, we dedicate this 10 acres that touches their tract to you and say thank you for the journey and we ask you, Lord, to inhabit this place. We ask for your presence. We ask that there be people healed, set free, made whole, full of joy, fully alive, grow lives and families, grow this community in you. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. And we push 
back all of the darkness that is tried to encroach in any way over the city and over our land. And Lord, we ask that you would light the fire on the inside of all of us to be torchbearers, to be ones who give life, who speak life, who bring life everywhere that we go. We honor you, Lord. And Lord, we give you these walls in this space, in all the rooms. We ask for your, not only your protection, we do ask for your protection, but we ask for your glory. We ask for your presence to be sensed here that people walking in this building would sense your presence, would feel your drawing, would feel your love, would sense your freedom, would know you so much better than they did when they walked in. Lord, may all of us get to know you more and take action and change the world. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we also just, as we're holding hands, say that we love one another. You said these are the greatest commandments, to love you and to love each other. Lord, I, I pray that the relationships in this room would be healthy and whole, full of love, generosity, kindness, patience. Lord, we would be for one another, not against each other that we would support and cheer on those who are doing well and we would cry with and hold and be near those who are suffering. Lord, I ask for this to be a place where your spirit dwells strongly and where you use this building and facility to really touch the world. Thank you, Lord, that we get to worship you here. And we long for your return and thank you that we have time here yet to do your will and to do your plans. Your kingdom come, your will be done, Lord. In the powerful, wonderful, beautiful name of Jesus, amen. 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 Thank you, everybody. Thank you for listening to today's message. For updates on future episodes, make sure to subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review to let us know how we're doing. For more information about Awake Church, visit awakechurch.com.